0: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Glad to have everybody here joining us. As we were reminding people last week, we're doing kind of a merger of mm-hmm. conversations and the passage attacks. So instead of a specific topic, although there are topics to be explored, we're going to explore a passage this mo- this today. Whenever you're watching it, it's morning for us.
1: Yes, we're going to talk about a passage, and our passage is going to be Hebrews five verse eleven. Okay. Through Hebrews six verse
0: three. Hebrews five and six. Is that is that legal to cross over a chapter line? Well, I'll allow it since okay. you know the whole chapters weren't actually in the Bible. Anymore. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're starting in chapter five. There at the top of it. Yeah, verse eleven. Verse eleven.
1: Now here's the thing, everybody out there. Um, we're going to have a little chart up on the screen, and it's about the, um, the layout of the mm-hmm. book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews is a sermon. Mm-hmm. And in that sermon, there is a successive discussion of several different Old Testament passages as they apply to Christ and Christians. Mm. And um, this passage that we're going to study together today is part of a lengthy discussion of Psalm 110, verse 4, okay. as it applies to Christ. So, um, as we get ready for this, let's read um, chapter 5, verse 11, through chapter
0: 6, verse 2, Okay, Fred, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. All right, 511 through 6-2. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone else to teach you again these basic principles of the oracle of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he's a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go to maturity not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and faith and of faith towards God and of instruction about washing the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Okay, there
1: we go. All right. So in this passage of scripture, uh, if you go back to chapter five, about verse five. Okay. uh, Actually, if you go back to chapter four, verse 15. The writer begins to talk about our high priest, Jesus, who has mm-hmm. passed through the heavens. And right. he encourages us to draw near to the throne of grace through our high priest. Then in chapter 5, he begins to talk about the high priest. Mm-hmm. And if you go down to about verse 4 and 5, maybe
0: 3 through 5, read that for us. Uh, because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And one more. And he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. All right. So he's talking about the earthly priests and Christ is our priest. And he talks
1: about the fact that Christ didn't make himself a priest, but that he was made a priest by God, and he quotes Psalm 110, by uh, verse 4,
0: that says, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Which I just want to pause and make a note. I love how throughout the book of Hebrews, it just says things like it does in verse 6. And he says in another place, and it said... Yeah. You know, so for all of you out there that are going, he didn't quote the scripture, uh, neither did the writer of Hebrews. Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: Well, he didn't quote the passage because there weren't any chapters. There the we go. But uh, anyway, Psalm
0: 110.4 is the subject. Now, if you read verse 10, which mm-hmm. comes right before our passage. It says, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And you'll see that that refers back to verse five or six where
1: mm-hmm. he quotes that very passage. Yeah. Okay. So he's talking about Psalm 110 and how that applies to Christ as a high priest, which the Jews had no idea that that was talking Mm. about Christ. And so so he's applying it to Christ. Now look at verse 11. He says there, now yours says concerning it, but mine says concerning him. Mm. And I think him is correct because we're talking about Mm. Christ who is that uh, high priest, according to Melchizedek. So he says, concerning him, we have much to say, but it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Everybody
0: note that part that says dull of hearing. And so you're marking up which version right now? Uh, I don't even new American Standard. Okay, you're in American Standard, and for everyone out there, I'm reading out of the ESV. All right, so uh, the word dull is the Greek word nothroi,
1: which means reluctant hesitant, Hmm. slow. So what he's saying is, I'm trying to talk about Jesus, Mm -hmm. but
0: you are very
1: slow or hesitant or reluctant to Hmm. hear about
0: Jesus from Psalm 110. So it's not that you couldn't understand it, but it's almost like you're resisting the understanding. You're resisting this type of understanding. Okay.
1: That's exactly right. So then he says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Mm -hmm. Now let's, let's Note that because we often use this passage to talk about, you know, after you've been a Christian so long, you ought to be a teacher. Yeah. And we use this passage. Eh, This is really not the right passage for that. Uh, Because he's talking about you ought to be teachers of how Christ is seen in the Old Testament. Okay. That's what he's really talking about. He doesn't mean you haven't studied your Bible enough to be teachers. Because the people he's writing to had studied their Bible, you know, from end to end, Mm -hmm. but not to see Christ in it. Okay. Okay. So he says, concerning him, we've Mm -hmm. got a lot to say, but you don't want to hear it. Okay. See? So you ought to be teachers. You have need for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. How does yours read there? The elementary principles. The basic principles. The basic principles. Okay. Okay. This, the word is stoicheia and arkois, which means the beginning rudimentary principles. But if you'll drop down to chapter 6 mm-hmm. and verse 1, what does he say? Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Okay, yours kind of phrases it different ways, but the same word you have in 512, you have again in mm. 6.1. So the elementary principles he's talking about in 512 yeah. are the elementary principles about Christ,
0: okay. which come from the Old Testament. Hmm. Okay. So there's a movement right now, maybe not a movement, is the, but there's a, a goal right now by a lot of teachers and a lot of organizations that put out good Bible content to illustrate Christ throughout all the Bible. And naturally, most of them are starting in the Old Testament. So is that basically the same thing the writer's saying here he's going that shouldn't be a new thing that's what we've been trying to tell you from the beginning of the gospel
1: yeah so if if you go back to that chart which we'll put up again Mm -hmm. in in uh of all the scriptures from the old testament that the hebrew writer is exposing to these people Mm -hmm. he's trying to teach them christ from those scriptures okay okay and he's telling us here that they're reluctant Not to see those scriptures, but to see Christ Mm. in those scriptures. So he's telling these people that you ought to be used to seeing the Bible, the Old Testament, through the lens of Christ by now. But you are not. You still need to get Christ under your belt so that you can see the spiritual Christ
0: meaning of the Mm. Old Testament. So we could say they would have been great at teaching the historical context of the Old Testament. They were great but, teachers of Judaism. But they would not have understood all the fulfillment of it. They would not have been like
1: Philip with the eunuch that opened their mouth at Isaiah 53 and preached unto him
0: hmm. Jesus. Okay. See, they couldn't do that. All right. So that's, that goes back to the discussion of how we typically use this verse of, hey, this is a new Christian. We need to grow you into being a teacher. Verses, hey, you know a lot, you just don't know how to really teach the material as applicable and fulfilled and all these other things. You, you don't know enough to teach Jesus from yeah. the Old Testament. You're missing the point. That's right.
1: Okay. So the milk and the meat mm-hmm. in the following verses there, the milk is Judaism, the meat is Finding
0: the true, deep, spiritual, fulfilled meaning of
1: Jesus in the Old Testament.
0: Now, that is not how I usually hear that. I understand that. Yeah. Okay. So, the milk is Judaism, the food is Jesus. The the solid food is Jesus. Okay. Uh, This is very much akin
1: to um, the uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where we also have a chart for that, but it's talking about, Mm -hmm. they read the Old Testament in 2 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15, with. Uh, with uh, blinders on, with a veil over their face, mm-hmm. and whenever they turned to Christ, the veil was lifted away. And especially in Second Corinthians three, like fifteen, whenever Moses is read, you have a veil over your face. Mm. Whenever the old covenant is read, yeah. you have a veil over your face. Okay. So we're talking about how we read the
0: old hmm. testament. That's yeah. what we're talking about. So there, is, I, I guess this would be a good place to insert. So there's value in reading the Old Testament,
1: Dan? Uh, not only is there value, but that's how <laughs> the early church preached Christ. Yeah. Even while the New Testament was being uh, preached. Sure. So when he gets to um, uh, verse 14, he says solid food, meaning the Christ teaching of the Old Testament, okay. which he's trying to give them in the book of Hebrews, yeah. is for the mature. Those who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So mature Christians are able to see Christ hmm. in the Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. So the very next verse, he says, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. Mm-hmm. See, that takes you back to what? Verse 12,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where he talks about the rudimentary teachings. Yep. Let us press on to maturity. What he's saying is that if, if we can't get the basics about Christ that Christ is the Messiah, that he is the one who came to open our minds to the fullness of the scriptures, that that everything in the Old Testament points to Christ. If we can't do that, then we can't press on to Christian maturity.
0: Mm.
1: And then if you look at verse three, he says, and this we will do if God permits, meaning we will press on to maturity if you don't stay so hesitant and reluctant hmm. that you won't allow us to teach you the Christ meaning
0: yeah. of the Old Testament. Yeah. If you're stuck on just making sure we know the nuts and bolts, we're never going to get on to actually moving the car forward. That's exactly right. So so um, all these things he mentions, uh,
1: repentance from dead works, faith toward God, That it, that is that Christ is God. Teachings about baptisms.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: not the Jewish baptism, but the one about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Mm. Uh laying on of hands. Are you still gonna keep laying on your hands on the head of the goat or the lamb when they kill it? Yeah. Or are you gonna realize that Jesus Christ is our sacrifice? Right, See, which he tells us in Hebrews. Uh the resurrection of the dead, which is all about Christ, eternal judgment, all about Christ. Yeah. See? So anyway, um This is the point of this passage. Okay. Uh, The passage is not about you should have studied your Bible enough. Mm -hmm. It's about you should be so convinced about Christ and that Christ is the interpretive key of the Old Testament Mm. that you're able to be teachers of Christianity, not teachers of
0: Judaism. Okay. So then if that was what he was originally writing, what would be... The application, what would be the translation to our modern era? Because let's say there is someone who has, you know, they've been baptized, they believe that Jesus is Christ and all that, and they're reading this passage. They're probably not going to be reverting back and teaching Judaism. Right. So, kind of, does this passage not really matter to us then? How do we apply it? Yeah. Um,
1: my first answer would be if we want to um, have passages that really apply to our teaching, we ought to go to like 2 Timothy 2.15, you know, give diligence to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, handling correctly the word of truth, Hmm. Uh, maybe some other passages. But if we want to apply this to ourselves, um, how do we look at the Old Testament and have we trained ourselves to see and know how to see Christ? Mm. In the Old Testament, and we should do that. yeah, that's very important because many people read the Old Testament and um, they don't allow Christ
0: mm-hmm.
1: to interpret it for them. They simply just read it and get the historical stuff and everything, which is good. It helps us, yeah, but um, how do we know where Jesus is in the Old Testament? Mm. We know when the New Testament tells us. yeah, and how did the New Testament know? well, Let's look at a scripture here. Luke okay. 24, yep. verse 44. Luke 24, 34. Ver- 44. 44. Mm-hmm. Let's see what that one
0: says. 24, 44. Yeah, this like is the Jesus all the fours. after he's risen, right before he goes back to heaven. Yeah, He says, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. One more. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. Understand them how? Understand them as pointing to him. Everything written about
1: me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way Jesus, the risen Mm -hmm. Jesus, opened their minds, the apostles, so that they could understand the scriptures in a new way Mm -hmm. as interpreted by Jesus. There we go. And it's that Jesus interpretation that the book of Hebrews is all about, Mm. which these people were so reluctant, slow, hesitant
0: Mm. to hear. And I wonder what would have made... Like, if he's speaking to people who now believe in Jesus, what would have built in that hesitancy?
1: Because they were still part of a larger Jewish community that was so against that interpretation.
0: Mm. You're reading
1: things into the law. Yeah, This is about sacrifice at the temple. This is not about a spiritual meaning of a perfect sacrifice. This Mm. is about Levitical priests. This is not about... A high priest. Yeah. That's not of the tribe of Levi, you know, that type of thing. Um, one other passage before we leave, if you'll go over to second Corinthians three. Okay. Um, there he's talking about the difference between the letter and the spirit, mm. the letter in verse six being the literal Jewish understanding of Moses, mm-hmm. the spirit being the spiritual fulfillment in Christ. hmm. And he says, we are ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Right. Now read 15 through 17 in that chapter.
0: 15 through 17. Nice and slowly. There we go. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.
1: All right, now let's go back to verse 15. When did they have this veil over their heart?
0: Whenever the word of Moses was read.
1: And in verse, the next verse, uh, it says what in verse?
0: When one turns to the Lord.
1: Who would that be?
0: That would be someone who commits to Christ, a Christian. When one
1: turns to the Lord Jesus, Yeah. the veil is taken away so that now they can read
0: Now they can read the Old Testament in light of Jesus. Yes. Now go to verse 17. Okay, 17. Uh, Now the Lord. Wait a minute. The Lord who? The Lord Christ is the Spirit.
1: Is the Spirit as opposed to the.
0: As opposed to the letter of the law.
1: That is correct. There we go. Now you've got it. (laughs) All right. So see, he's, he's telling them that Christ showed us the spiritual meaning of Mm. the Old Testament. Yeah. And only people who truly accept Christ as the interpreter of the Bible in the Old Testament can see the Spirit as opposed to the letter. Mm. And that's what these people in the book of Hebrews were Mm. reluctant to do. And he says, unless you can do this, we'll never move on to Christian maturity.
0: So like I said, there's these people that are really making an effort to do this work of kind of enlightening people to Jesus from the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people go, oh, why are we doing this? This is weird. But it's in the vein of what Christ did for the apostles and what the writer of Hebrews was trying to do for the people he was teaching.
1: Yes. Now, some people today, they take it too far because they find Christ everywhere, even if the New Testament doesn't say that. Mm but if you allow the new testament to tell you where Christ can be found in the old testament then you're letting Christ's own interpretation yeah lead you to where he wants you to go yeah and one of the big books to do that is the book of
0: hebrews yeah i was going to say hebrews spells it out pretty clearly in many places and then of course you have john that tries to enlighten how Jesus was and he has a litany of things and it's like and oh. paul you know the rock was Christ in the, in the, so, you know, all of
1: them sure. have parts of that in
0: there. Okay.
1: So, anyway, it's a different way to look at this passage, but it's the contextual way in which the Hebrew writer is taking this passage. Mm. So, part of being a good teacher of the Bible is understanding, this is our application to us, mm. how we can teach Christ from things in the Old Testament. Yeah.
0: Rather than just, I'm going to teach the material, so to say, on its face value. Yeah. Although there's, I guess we should say, there's value in just knowing the historical accounts. Big time. But, but then, you know, don't
1: boil a kid in its mother's milk, okay? Now, how do you, how do you, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, I used to have an old uncle. He was a great man, but he, he didn't want me preaching out of the Old Testament. And um, because that Old Testament was done away with. But he didn't understand that it's the letter. Mm-hmm. That was done away with and that's only applied to the old testament by the way don't ever yeah. use letter and spirit with any application to the new testament writings it does not belong there the mm. only way that's used in the new testament is in reference with how you read the old, old testament
0: mm. okay <laughs> that's a good one to end on maybe yes, that'll sure maybe that'll have some question behind it or whatever but thanks for walking us through this passage Hopefully that has been informative and encouraging to you out there. Now, did we attack this passage, or did we just converse about it? We broke it down,
1: so this is not actually a passage attack. It's no, just a passage what? conversation. Yeah. Okay, that's what I. That's what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, in the attack, there's no like you know hatchet work being done no, to anything. No, no,
1: that's a bad word. Okay, I've got you.
0: Anyway, we're glad you've been here. If this has been encouraging and useful to you, we would always appreciate you liking, commenting, sharing, all those good things to help get this out there. And we'll see you next time.